0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Doc. One Doc. It's your girl, BD. It's Florence the fiancé. And we are back. Um, today's episode is um, a documentary called Michelle Carter, Love, Text, and Death. It's on, um, what's it on again? Discovery. Yeah, Discovery. Yeah, Discovery
1: ID. Yeah, but you can find it on Sky as well. Sky was doing it for a bit, then it just went to Discovery. So, yeah, either and or. Exactly. What are your thoughts on the documentary? I've watched it before. So, um, yeah, I thought it'd be a good one for us to cover because there's a lot of subject area. Mm -hmm. Um, But the documentary did what it had to do I do feel like it was a bit skewed uh, to one side, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it did. It was a good documentary. It was a bit un- unnecessary in the beginning. Like, there was a lot of faff and, like, waffle in the yeah. beginning. I think I would have preferred to just get to the get case. Get right into but, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. I don't I think they need all of on, that.
0: like, 1.8, so it was,
1: uh, it was smooth. Oh, I smooth, did 1.75, so, five, Come so on, I'm catching up. Come on, 1.75. <laughs> catching up. So the documentary opens up in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. I don't think I said that properly, but oh well, that's how I'm going to say it the whole documentary, so <laughs> just go with it. Um, and they describe it as a seaside working class community. They talk very like, um, is it not, it's not Tawanda, Trina. They talk like Trina. From oh, yes. He's kind of like, are like, oh, you Canadian, but like you're not Canadian. Yeah, yeah. like house. Oh, yeah. yeah. About. About. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's 10 p.m. July 12th, 2014. And Linroy is waiting for her 18-year-old son, Conrad, uh, to come home. So he's said to her that he's going to see a friend um, and he'll be back home. And she's she was expecting him to be home by dinner time. He doesn't come home. So she's like, okay, cool. What's going on? So she goes to sleep around 11 and she wakes up and messages him in the middle of the night and is like, bro, like, where you at? Um, And in the morning when he still isn't home, the family start calling friends to ask where he is. So they start calling some of his friends to find out if he's a, at theirs. Um, And the friend who he said he's going to her house, I didn't write a lot of names. There were a lot of talking heads. Her head name's Ariana. Me. Yeah, I didn't jot her name down no but ariana basically says like listen he never came to my house so she's thinking "Mm, there's something dodgy going on here and at this stage she calls the police because she just had mother's intuition something bad had happened um so she discloses to the police officers that conrad is depressed um and she's really worried about his safety she describes the car he's driving and you know where he said he would be so now this is the bit i felt like was a bit of Waffle. We go really deep, like, 15, 20 minutes into Conrad's, like, life story, which I feel like it's good to know about him, but mm. the main focus of this documentary is the case. So let's just, like, have that flavour. But then I
0: feel like you don't want to forget the victim because a lot of times in these kinds of documentaries that like, the victim is lost and all of it so it literally just becomes about the case whereas there would be no case if not for the victim and the victim is not here so like maybe let's learn a little bit about why the victim like who the victim was before they were killed and let's call cruelly. it
1: like hmm? let's do a documentary that's a bit more about him than the case because if you're a true crime fan then you just want to get to the case and you can still learn about him via the case but no, you can learn about was... what happened to him via the case, not about who no, he was. No, because they talk about, they still talk about who he was whilst they were discussing the case.
0: I think it's not so much that they were going, like, what they were showing who he was. I think that they just maybe spent a lot of time on it. Like, they could have, it was very repetitive and like, okay, cool, we've heard. Oh, yeah,
1: that's what I mean. Okay, yeah. fine.
0: Not not so much not, like, oh, why no, are we no, talking no, about no, this not, guy?
1: No. <laughs> No, no, not to say. Oh, why are we chatting about him? I'm just saying that it didn't need to be that that much. long. Yeah, yeah. When like became the it was quite case. repetitive. Yeah, like it was about twenty. Or it could
0: have just been sprinkled in a bit more, like maybe every now and then, as opposed to like yeah, just one like segment. when it was
1: relevant. Yeah, 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 literally. Um, so we we learned about his upbringing. His mum and his mum was a nurse. His dad was a tugboat captain, um, and they had three kids. Just a typical like family, nothing, like, unusual. Um, The only, like, really cool thing, I guess, or noteworthy thing was that his granddad also owned a tugboat and passed it on to his dad, and then, like, Conrad wanted to go ahead and do that as well. Mm. Um, So he was fine, like, completely fine, until his parents got divorced, and I think that kind of triggered a lot of, like, the mental health issues that, um, I guess, maybe were laying dormant until that happened um and so like they took him to see a therapist um you know he was working on his depression and social anxiety so he's working on his mental health and in 2012 um he attempts suicide um and then you know his friend ariana so this is the friend who actually he was going to stay at he lied that he was going to stay at her house Mm -hmm. um she you know, finds out that he had attempted suicide and calls the police to and his family and they get him help. And after that he was kind of on the mend. Um so fast forward to this day in 2014, his sister's actually saying that the last day she saw him, which was that July twelfth, you know, he woke up that day, he said, Let's go for a walk with his mum and his sisters. They were on the beach. He was really happy. He seemed, you know, just the normal Conrad. So his family and friends are out looking for him. The police are out looking for him and they basically find him in his car. Um, And it's clear, like, on scene that unfortunately he's passed away. But it was a bit weird because there was no trauma to his body. They couldn't see what had caused the death. Like, it wasn't clear. Um, So upon looking at the scene and investigating, they found a gasoline-powered water pump. And basically it was... At that point, they realised that he had died by suicide. So this documentary came out, I want to say two... No, it wasn't two years ago. Oh, my gosh, was it two years ago? Yeah, 2020, shit. Uh, It came out two hmm. years ago, yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of the language is not... It's not, I don't want to say politically correct, but it's not... Yeah, progressive. So they still use things like killed himself or died or, or committed suicide, and obviously now we know... Um, not to use language like that. We so know I'm just putting better, that... so
0: we do better.
1: Yeah, I'm putting that trigger warning in there because if you go back to watch the documentary, that's the kind of language they use. Um, so basically, there's this law in Massachusetts where, like, any um, death, uh, I think they call it unattended death, yeah. needs, needs to be investigated. And I guess my assumption of that means, like, okay, if it's not like a murder where, like, you that you see the murder or something, or if there are no witnesses to the death, then you'll need to figure out what happened.
0: Um. Yeah, that makes me think. Then isn't just like all deaths must be investigated then, because attended or unattended. No, because I. Like,
1: just... I guess like if you died in hospital of cancer, then they're not going to investigate. Yeah, I mean but...
0: obviously, but like if basically anything that could possibly be foul play.
1: Oh, of course, but I think unattended, quote unquote, is like. Suicide. Anything that falls in between, yeah, like. Suicide or like maybe, yeah, exactly. If there's no witnesses, then that's what I think it means. Because Mm -hmm. obviously, if it's a homicide, it's a homicide. Like, if it's not evident that like, yeah, yeah. Because if someone were to like die
0: in their sleep, they have to investigate it and basically conclude that someone died
1: in their sleep and it was natural causes. Exactly, rather than just like just say, oh, no autopsy, fine, RIP. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I think like maybe if you like died by like hanging, for example. um some states might just be like oh like they died by suicide that's it whereas like in massachusetts no you have to investigate and yeah. which well, i think is good
0: google definition so it says the phrase un- unattended death refers to a death in which the body is not found for days weeks or in some cases months
1: mm, mm, that's not accurate because he died
0: uh, yeah i, don't, the next I day.
1: don't
0: yeah i'm gonna go with our definition yeah. Based on the context. So, they
1: Did you see that whole thing floating about, about the woman in London who had been death, dead for, like, two years or something, and then, Yeah, like, where was
0: it? It was, like, Peckham or somewhere. Yeah, that is so crazy. Yeah, but no reason, just,
1: smell... Wouldn't the smell be, like, of concern? Yeah, but that's why they reported it. Oh, why, that's why how they, they found it. it, right. Found her, the yeah. person, sorry. But I just... I find it so crazy that there are people in this... um, Like, oh, my gosh, there's this story of this girl who, I'll send it to you, and it's I've been looking... Did we not discuss this documentary about the girl who, like, her family just thought that she had, like, disappeared and they'd never heard from her, but really she had been, like, dead in her bedsit for, like, flipping 20 years or something? No. Wait, um, no, I'll we send have...
0: We have... She's black, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a documentary on it. Because we were talking... we have spoken about it before. There's
1: a movie. I think there's a there's movie It's a movie, because we were looking for a documentary about it, but there wasn't. There was, like, a movie that they yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. If I don't speak to my sister in one hour, I'm already, like, calling the police. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, during the search of his car, they find Conrad's phone, which is really the only piece of evidence that they take in because it's pretty much all that they can. Um, And forensics start to look in it. Because, again, remember, any unattended death, they investigate. So, again, mm-hmm. like, if... If this was another state, they probably would have bagged up everything, given it to his parents and called it a day, but they actually go through um, his phone. And the really curious thing about Conrad's phone was that there was only one text message thread. Like, all other messages and... Which is flipping wild, especially for a kid at that age. Like, it's very, very strange. And like, it's not
0: like, oh, there were other threads and, like, he just wasn't responding to them. There was none. Like, imagine you go nothing. on iMessage now and you delete every other
1: text except for one. Like, But that weird. one, yeah. hmm And they see that this text message thread was between Conrad and somebody called Ms. Michelle. So um, we see some on-screen... So they do this thing where they put some of the uh, messages on the screen... So it looks like it's texting kind of like what they do yeah. in catfish, um, and yeah, see
0: in um Tinder Swindler as well,
1: yeah, so I see some of the messages, and um it's clear that whoever this person knew Conrad and they also knew that he was going to die by suicide, basically um so now we learn a bit about Michelle uh she's from Plainville, which is an upper middle class part of uh Massachusetts, it's about an hour away um And the police are like, okay, how do Conrad and Michelle know each other? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't live near each other. They don't go to the same school. Like, they're from completely different worlds. Yeah, where are the mutuals? Literally, where are the mutuals? So um, no one in Conrad's life knew about Michelle. So the police asking questions, they couldn't find anyone that knew anything about her. Um, And neither did his family. However, during the course of the investigation, they find suicide notes uh, from Conrad and one of them was to Michelle so the police themselves bring this uh, uh, sorry the family themselves bring this up to the police and be like listen like she got left this note blah 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 yeah so now we learn how Conrad and Michelle met their families were on holiday in Florida and I always find these stories crazy like you and somebody live in the exact same area or something like that and, you and you then you have to go to a completely different place to meet. It's I find it crazy um so they met on holiday in Florida and, like, her grandma introduced them to each other, I think. Am I... Did I misremember Yeah, that? I think
0: it was just a family thing. And it's like, I think they're... they're mm. Whoever that he was staying with in Florida also knew Michelle's family. Just yeah. kind of like, oh, you guys are, like, young kids. Like, you know, when you're, like, teenagers, like, early teens, whenever you go somewhere and there's someone of remotely a similar age and they try and be like, oh, you guys are friends, like, you guys should be friends. like Yeah, cool. be friends,
1: yeah. Mm. So it was that kind of vibe. So um, the two were introduced and they started a relationship via text, which is so, like, flipping millennial, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, this is kind of like a sidebar, but I thought it was really, like, well, not a sidebar, it's relevant, but it was also, like, sad to watch. But Conrad's family found a video of Con- of Conrad talking, um, and it's kind of like those, like... <laughs> like, you know that video of Beyonce when she's, like, uh, crying, and she's like, oh, why did God give me this talent? Like... Oh, no. Have you not seen these videos that she always makes on her MacBook?
0: Yeah, when she talks about how much she loves the water and stuff.
1: Just to create some, some weird shit.
0: This, I used to make videos that I actually have so many of them. When I was in uni... I used to make videos. Yeah, but
1: you're not of, talking like,
0: about like. Yeah, it was just like it was just like a video diary. I would just talk about whatever. Yeah, and I remember I used to make them with like people, like my friends. So I have so many of like me and Max just chatting shit or like and there's like now they're from like circa twenty fourteen. Yeah, so now when I look back at them, they are so funny. But um, his weren't funny. His were quite sad actually because he literally is, like, yeah he literally is having like mental like. Turmoil, And he's, like, having pep talks with himself. And he's like, you know, come on, we can do this. Like, you know, we just need to be better and we can... So it's really sad. Yeah.
1: But I think the key thing about his uh, videos was that he wanted to get better. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was... Yeah, like, he didn't want to be the way he was. He wanted Mm. to get better, which I think was a key thing. So uh, a talking head tells us... When detectives look at the texts that Michelle sent to Conrad... The texts make it clear she had been texting him repeatedly before he killed himself to go ahead and do it. Don't back out. This is your time. So basically, the text messages towards the end were just her, like, pushing conrad to die by suicide and uh it was crazy because she had asked him to delete the messages as well Mm -hmm. so it's obvious that she knew what she was i think it it, it was a hint towards the fact that she probably knew that what she was doing wasn't right yes
0: because why do you want there to be no and that was the only one and that's kind of like to me a nice big like fuck you michelle from connor like one last fuck you because like he didn't he deleted everything except for that
1: yeah. Did you see the, uh, the talking was. head
0: that was like, you know, why didn't he delete that she was the talking head that was saying why didn't she delete the thread? The
1: yeah, yeah, head. yeah.
0: Don't you think she looks like Paula Abdul? <gasps> She's wearing now a pink you say it, yeah. I thought that it was Paula Abdul when I saw the like coming up on yeah and I was like, What the fuck is Paula doing here? And then when she came, her name <laughs> is Roby Ludwig, R O B I. Go and Google her, yeah. I literally was like, What is Paula Abdul doing oh how no, the mighty have fallen. I literally was like, What's she doing here?
1: <laughs> not the mighty R O B Y R O B I and
0: then Ludwig, like Ludwig psychotherapy.
1: Oh my god, yeah, she does, isn't it? Do you know what though? But because she she's like more white, that's why I didn't see it immediately. But outside of she's that, like a yeah, white pull up, she really do. does. No, but she looks like she's got something in her very little, like she's, she's,
0: she's not like English white or like American mm. white. Yeah.
1: She does give Paula Abdul, doesn't she? She does. Yeah, she does. She does. 100%. Well done, Sorry. As <laughs> we were. <laughs> As we were. So, um, whilst Conrad was on his way to the destination where he was going to die by suicide, him and Michelle were on the phone. And from what the police can gather, he was likely speaking to her until he passed. But obviously, they have no way of knowing what the what two of them saying. said to each yeah. other. Yeah. So the really weird thing is Michelle starts to, like, text Conrad's mum. And, like, it's all just stuff com- comforting her and, um, you know, telling her that things are going to be fine, that Conrad was, you know, that she did everything she could have done for Conrad. But obviously she never mentions these exchanges she exactly, had with Conrad before he passes. Exactly, that she was
0: talking to him, like, when he
1: passed. Literally, the, when he passed, which is so strange.
0: It's some main character syndrome, man. It's like, how are you putting yourself in it? Like, how... how nah, why are you in it? Like, literally, why are you literally,
1: all in it? Literally. Like, just walk away. You've done the damage. Like, just walk away. You don't need to be calling people and chatting. So, two months after his death, uh, Michelle organises a baseball tournament in her hometown to raise money for a suicide prevention tra- charity. Which is not... It's like an hour from where he lives. <laughs> literally. So, it's none of his friends, none of his school, whatever, it's just her school and her people and, like, Conrad's family. It's weird as fuck. Um, so strange. So the police set up this whole sting on that day because they want to make sure that the Michelle that he's been messaging is the same one from the... Yeah, they want to um, confirm that it's her, yeah. Exactly. So they basically... And I feel like they did a bit too much. They basically go to this tournament, her... I feel her, like
0: they... Are retelling it with very much Vim, whereas like it's not it wasn't that deep. You basically called it, to it, see. I her. hope
1: so. <laughs> yeah, they called, she picked up, and then they like took her in for questioning. Um so on the phone they see that their relationship starts off with uh Michelle playing a nurturing figure towards him. She's really trying to keep him alive. Um, she's encouraging him to get help. Talking to him about different therapists, but then it turns, it becomes malicious, and mean, and that's when she starts encouraging him to die by suicide. Yeah, and they even discuss the gasoline pump together, so that they even decide like this is the method in which he's going to do it.
0: And you know what? This is so weird as well. Yeah, is that like sometimes people make suicide pact and they both decide, okay, cool, we're going to do this on this day. And this that's is how what we're I was gonna thinking. And we're going to whatever. Blah, blah. You literally are just like encouraging him and like taunting him, and we know from the videos that he made. That like he, yes, he had his struggles with his mental health, but he was hopeful and he really was trying to get better and do everything in his power to kind of be better. And you could, like, he, his future was so bright, like, there was so much potential there.
1: And yeah. then this witch
0: comes and starts chatting shit.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. So, um, in Feb 2015, a grand jury decides to indict Michelle Carter. Um, And Michelle pleads not guilty, and she's released on bet on bond. Um, one so, thing I wanted to
0: say just before that, there there's a talking head. I don't know his name. I just remember it was one of the guys, and he basically was just saying how, you know, like we can all probably agree that this is wrong what she's done, but they had to decide if it was morally wrong or also criminally wrong. And that's yeah, when, I was just about to say yeah, that. Oh, we can say that. Okay, go ahead.
1: It's fine. It's no, no, no. Say it. Yeah. Fine. So
0: then that's when it's kind of like okay, like two things. What is yeah? Two, <laughs> two things, things are true
1: here. Yeah, personally for me, I mean, obviously, let's discuss this at the end. But yeah, um, so the story blows up, and Michelle is torn to shreds on social media. Basically, like people are calling her like demon, this, that, the yeah. third, um, and basically when Michelle takes a stand, she waves her right to a jury, which on her part, so one to- talking heads says this is actually really a smart move on her part 100%. because it makes it makes it makes sure that she's being judged solely on law, the law. and legal standing and not e- emotion because jurors will judge on emotion. 100%. So, yeah.
0: But I don't know. So yeah. can anyone just decide they don't want a jury trial? Uh,
1: because more people anyone... just decide they don't want one? No, because some people feel like juries can be more sympathetic. Like don't forget, especially in American courts, like the like it's all about like it's like a movie. It's all about what you can sell to the public. It's not it's nothing to do with reality. So you could be an axe murderer, but if your <laughs> if your judge can Flipping, sell it that like you were abused, and this was the only way like you could yeah. like whatever you were you ever snapped, gonna turn out. Then do it again. yeah, then you have a jury that is sympathetic to you. All these stupid jurors that fall in love with like hardened yeah. criminals. So it depends. It can work in your um favor. Like it's actually funny that a lot of people do not waive their right to jury and they actually go to to trial. But I do think there's some cases where you have to have a jury. So, um the prosecution so sells the case as M- Michelle wanting Conrad to die so she could get attention as the grieving girlfriend. And this is another bit of the documentary that I feel like goes on and on and on. Like they basically keep talking about the case. We keep seeing people take the witness stand and it was too much. Like no, we've heard. Like, ah what happened. She just kept <laughs> pressing like fast forward, fast forward buzzword so um the defense's case was essentially that michelle's actions were repugnant but she didn't kill him so we see the court trial and we learn that michelle herself had mental health issues which i could have told you for free yeah um and she'd also been placed in mental health facility at one point so she had like depression anorexia um and i think there's one other thing i can't remember and then michelle um also had told conrad to write that letter to her before he died so she could... They say that so that she could play the part of the grieving widow. And then also, this um, means that she
0: really, really, really intended for him to die because it's like, listen, yeah. before you pass, I need you to write this letter so that I can get it. So yeah. it's like in her mind, there is no doubt that he's no longer going to be alive and she's OK with that.
1: Yeah. And she makes him make his last tweet to her, which is so, like, fucking millennial. Like, make sure your last tweet's about me. (laughs) Like, it's so funny, because I remember, like, after Corey Monteith died, Mm -hmm. I kept going on his Twitter. Like, I just kept going. I don't know why. Like, I just kept going and, like, just seeing, like, this is so crazy. Like, he tweeted this tweet, and then he died. Like, I'm sure he didn't die immediately after, but as he was sending that tweet, he didn't realise those were his last moments on Earth.
0: I feel like that, well, maybe he did. But I think, I feel like that's the thing with social media, that, like... It's just so. I don't know. It's like it kind of immortalizes everyone. Yeah. But then it's also so strange because like you don't know when your last tweet is going to be your last tweet. Like you don't know when your last Insta post is going to
1: be your last. It's post. weird though. Like when I look at people who have died, their last message, like their last um, tweets or Insta posts, are always so like eerie, like almost like not foreboding, but it's just like. I don't know, like I was one. Naya like, Rivera's...
0: I feel like it could it could be anyway. So if I say, "Oh, can't wait to have plantain and egg tomorrow," yeah, and then yeah. I die, it's gonna be like, "Raw," like she's never gonna have that plantain
1: and egg. No, it's not that. Do you know what I mean? I, it's not, like it's not that because if you went on my Insta after I died, you wouldn't be thinking, "Whoa, eerie. it's just like, "Oh, this this, this girl's bitch. called herself a raggedy bitch." That's what I'm saying. Like, like
0: literally, if I if if I, if I if I died now, like my my Insta, there would be nothing they'd
1: be like okay well no because oh wait hold on I'm gonna oh shit I wanted to so okay I was on Naira Rivera's um Instagram like page yesterday like last night I don't know why I just remembered her and her last post is like this post of her and her son and I'll post it on Instagram so you guys can see like what I'm talking about but it's like her and her son um and then like she's kissing him and then there's, like, the sun. It's clear that the sun is, like, hitting them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm just trying to, like, read out what she says. I think I remember that picture. Wow. Yeah. She literally said, just the two of us. And it's so, like... She says what? What? It says, just the two of us. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it's so eerie, because obviously, like, we all know that she died, like, with her son. Like with, her, with her, Not she didn't die with her son, but she died, like assumingly trying to save her son from like drowning and it was just the two of them in the like boat and it was such a sunny day like it's very eerie like it's very eerie like if it had been her in the club I wouldn't have said that but it's like whoa because it's wholesome
0: I don't know I just think it's always going to be a bit weird because it's like you were so full of life here you didn't know what was going to happen kind of thing yeah yeah it's it's so crazy Whereas like before people would die and then you just look at old pictures of them from ages ago like whereas with this it's like literally I can see the 88 weeks ago
1: you posted this. Yeah. So um she did she also basically we learned that she did a dry run with her friends. They call it a dry run, um, testing like the reaction she would get from trauma. So oh, she said yeah, to her she, friends, she,
0: when she said that she, she told them he had he had
1: died before. Was is that or run away. Right, okay. She's so weird. And man. then they were like they were all like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then two days after, like, he died. Um, And the prosecution basically says that she did this to see what attention she would garner. Mm. So one of the talking heads says... The prosecution calls a number of Michelle's acquaintances and they describe how they never considered her a friend. It would seem pretty difficult to be
0: in a position of hearing people that you believe was your friend testifying to the opposite. But Michelle just continues to stare at the witness stand blankly
1: so basically they're saying she had no emotional reaction because they
0: say this with trials and i'm like i'm not gonna lie you're sitting there for ages it's a bit boring people are chatting you're shit. hungry you're hungry you're tired you literally slept in a cell i just like, don't care i'm not like, what how, how am i supposed to look like what am i what what is the appropriate look that i'm supposed to do i
1: cannot cry and throw myself on the ground over everything and
0: if she's crying it's gonna be like oh she tried to garner sympathy from the judge like what is she? What is she? And I, I don't support this bitch. Yeah, but like, what is she supposed to do? What is she supposed yeah. to do? How do you like? How do you look adequately upset, um, upset yeah. or forlorn or distressed? Like, what? What is it? Like, how? What are you yeah. meant to look like?
1: And, it's, and yeah, no, you, you can't win. with You this can't shit. win,
0: man. Nobody wins with the family feuds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so one of the most explosive pieces of evidence. Come was when on, Michelle's explosion. Friend- <laughs> Michelle's friend read a text from Michelle that said
0: Sam his death was my fault like honestly I could have stopped him I was on the phone and he got out of the car because it was working and he got scared and I fucking told him to get back in Sam's
1: like, first of all, why the fuck would you tell anybody this ever? This just goes to show this girl is, like, not all together with it and she's a kid. Because it's something I would... You, like, fam, the Russians couldn't get that shit out of me. The f- this like, yeah.
0: She literally had the wherewithal to tell him that over the phone and not via text, yeah? Only to go and then text somebody else and say, oh, yeah, I made him get back into the car. Yeah.
1: I think you and I are going to disagree on how we feel about this, but I will, yeah. We'll get um, there. Yeah. So the star witness for the defense is Dr. Bregan and they introduce evidence to show how much Michelle tried to help Conrad. However, mm-hmm. he says that the antidepressant Michelle started during the course of her relationship affects her frontal lobe and decision making. And I've heard a lot about how um certain medications can cause like suicidal thoughts or anti-social thoughts as well. um. And basically Michelle has involuntary intoxication from medication that made her feel like what she was doing was in fact helping Conrad and she's doing the right thing because that's what he wanted. So eventually This guy's Michelle- a quack, first of all. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: He's a fucking quack. He is quackly quack.
1: <laughs> So we get to the verdict. No, can we go so, back?
0: Can we go back? Can we rewind? Okay, yeah. go back to him. Back to this fucking quack, yeah? So basically, he's saying, like, you know, she, she, in her mind, she feels like he's helping him, like, helping him go to heaven, yeah? And this whole, like, involuntary intoxication um, term is... he. Everyone's like... Because even the prosecutor's like, okay, so here's this medical journal. Now, please, can you demonstrate and show me where it says this phrase, like, what is this medical term that you speak of, yeah? And he was like, no, 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 no. Actually, it's not a psychiatric term, it's a legal term. And it's like, okay, but are you a lawyer or are you a doctor? Because you came here to testify to her, her state of mind medically, yeah? And you're coming to just chat shit. Just chatting shit anyhow, using words. And we're all just supposed to believe that this is...
1: I don't think... I don't... Anyways, we'll get into it. But (gasps) I don't stand with you on that one. Um... So basically, she is. Uh, the word has escaped me. It took three days to get the verdict. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And she's. There's a word you use when the judge gives you. Huh? Sentence. There's a word you use when the judge. Oh, I've forgotten it. Never mind. I'll just say. Like when he decides on you. No. Yeah. Mm, no. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'll just say, yeah. <laughs> so eventually the verdict is in and Michelle is convicted. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Oh, convicted. Of in, yeah, mm-hmm. of involuntary manslaughter. And it's strange because basically her the conviction is solely based on her telling Conrad to get back into the truck. Mm-hmm. So it's not the text, it's not the taunting, it's nothing like that. It's just her telling him to get into the truck and That's what leads to it. So she's sentenced to 15 months, of which she serves 12 months and is on probation till August 2022. She's actually released. She's 24 years old. She's out of prison. I tried to find her on all social media. She does not exist. I hope she's moved somewhere else and changed her name. But yeah. Mm She probably has. She will... Yeah. She'll be on probation till 2022. And I think... One of so we're we're at the end of the documentary here, but one of the talking heads really sums this up properly, uh, perfectly, and she Mm -hmm. says,
0: "There were no winners. Conrad is dead, and Michelle went to jail, and they both
1: just badly needed help." And I honestly feel like my whole opinion on this. Oh, and also sidebar, his mom goes on to like try to put in, um, this law, which means that if you know knowing you know that somebody is about to die by suicide and you don't do anything about it, you can be, like, prosecuted. Um But personally for me, this documentary was hard to watch because either way you slice and dice it, I don't think Michelle was well. Like, even outside of all the stuff we learn about her mental health issues and mm-hmm. stuff like that, I think she was deeply disturbed. And it's easy to sit back and say, like, oh, like, this girl's crazy, da da But... Certain things manifest in crazy ways for different people. Like, I might be like Billy nomates and I'll just survive through life being Billy no But wrongly or rightly for some people, that manifests in a whole crazy way. Because one of the arguments in this documentary was like, she didn't really have any good friends. She always latched. And there was obviously something there because everybody could attest to the fact that like, she did not know boundaries. She was always latching on. Like, if people didn't text her back quickly, she was, like, double, triple texting them. Mm. And she needed the attention. And for some of us, that might be a basic thing, like, oh, like, I'm an attention whore, you know, but I'm not going to, like, ask somebody to, like, die by suicide so that I can have attention. But There's definitely obviously, levels somebody... to the shit. Yeah, and I feel like, unfortunately, Michelle was just really, really unwell. Like, and these two were, like... I don't want to say star-crossed lovers, but, like, they never should have been together, basically. Like, I, think no, a, lovers, I think it sorry. was... a star-crossed lovers, sorry. I mean, worst. there was a fault in their stars. Okay. I think on, they
0: were... It was the worst combination of um, yeah. of people. And I don't disagree yeah. that Michelle is is ill, like, 100%. Like, no-one's saying that she, you know... Well, she's definitely unwell, Yeah. I think the thing with the doctor is that, like, it's one thing saying that she was intoxicated by her medication. That's what made her do this. It's a separate thing to say that she was unwell. Like, she's unwell and that's why she was on the medication. Do you get what I mean? It's like she...
1: Oh, no, this was not... I was not saying it in response to the doctor. I was just saying it was difficult to watch because I feel like she was very... I don't want to use the word demonised because I can understand why she was. But it seems like everybody in the documentary like, treated her as if she was this, like, crazy... I don't want to say crazy, but... No, girl. I know what you mean, like, this, like unhinged Yeah, individual. like, this hard... Yeah, hardened criminal. Meanwhile, she... And another thing that made it really difficult was she was actually legally a child when this stuff happened. Like, she was 17. I think so, that the,
0: Because you know who was saying the whole case hinged on the fact that she told him to get back into the truck, yeah? I feel like, up until that point, everything was, you know, she's not in her right mind or she's not whatever, she's not whatever, yeah? And she said this to him because... He came out of the truck and was like, "Yeah, it's working. I don't want to do this anymore." And she could have been like, "Oh, do you know what? Like, let's stop or no stop it or like a scary or it, it becomes all too real." But she used that moment to be like, "No, get back inside the truck, knowing what the consequences were going to be." Do you get what I mean? But
1: I at which stage saying, but you've talk- made a
0: conscious decision to be like, "No, go back into the, an environment that's going to end your life."
1: But I still don't understand why he that got her. Um...
0: Because it uh, proves,
1: like, motive, it proves,
0: like, that she intended for that to happen. Because even beforehand, she could have been, But like, either
1: way, she didn't, she didn't physically put him in the car. So of you course just she told someone to do something. Of course she didn't
0: physically put him in the car. We know yeah, that, so yeah. I, I, so
1: I, like, I don't understand legally how that was a crime. Because yeah, she I'm, just told
0: him to do I'm something. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't okay. know. But to me, it just seems like it's like, okay, well, you actually, like... If not for you, he wouldn't have gone back into the car. I understand she didn't hold a gun to his head or push him back in there, yeah? But of his own volition, he left the car. And then the only reason he went back in, by your own admission, is because you told him to go back in there.
1: I get what you're saying, but I looked at it a different way. I looked at it from the way of, this is a guy who they they provided evidence to show that throughout the course of his relationship with her, he'd kind of said he wanted to com- to to die by suicide and... He'd had suicidal ideations and thoughts and she'd always supported him through this. So her not being of sound mind or possibly she, I also think is a possible chance that she just fucking snapped and was tired of this. Like, which again, just, high, that just shows that she wasn't the right person to be in a relationship with him. Neither mm-hmm. yeah, of I them should have been in, in a relationship. Or whatever they were doing. They weren't, they shouldn't have been so emotionally dependent on each other. I think that, at that point, she was just like, you've been talking about this thing that you want to do since. You're at the point, like, do it if this is what's going to make you happy. But this is that's the thing. The I, I, I don't got. think it
0: was that, you know, because I feel like if it was like, oh, fuck it, do it then. And then she would have aired him. It would have been the end. She wouldn't be on the phone to him, like, the whole time. But you're time. talking
1: about that from your standing of not having all the mental hisu- health issues she has. You don't and know that's what I, I mean.
0: mean. No, listen, <laughs> I hear you. I get it. And I, it's a, bottom line, it's a sad situation either way, yeah? Yeah. But I just think that, it's just wild. Like, if that was my child, yeah. It just seems as though, like, like you said, like, if, if he hadn't met Michelle, then we, we can't say that this wouldn't have happened, but like, it likely yeah. wouldn't have happened like this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even from but the that videos, that's just, what makes it so sad. Because that... it's like, you can see him trying to do better, trying to be better. And even yeah. him coming out of the car, it's like, rah, like, I was going to do this and now I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So if it had been a different person, or maybe if Michelle had been in a better mind frame, then it would have been like, hey, do you know what? That's it. Like get out of the car, stop it. Like we don't have to yeah.
1: do this kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like um, it's unfortunate, but I just think these are two people who never should have even like interacted with each other. Um, because they wouldn't, they weren't good for for each other at all. Um, I, that is literally just how I feel about the whole thing. Like as much as what she did was wrong, I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't wrong or anything like that. I also just feel like she's, like, a, she was, I don't know how if she's doing better now or whatever, but she was a very unwell kid as well. Like, fam, do you know how many times, like, when I was a kid, like, if I got into trouble, like, I'll say, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to go, like, I obviously, at the time, we used to say this, like, oh, I'm going to go, like, kill myself or even, obviously, not the exact same thing, but packing your bags to run away, but and then like, you make to it to, away, like... But... Literally. So, I think when you're a kid, you don't understand the gravity of some of the things you're doing. Yeah, I mean, but how old is
0: she? She was, like, 17.
1: Yeah, she was 17. But do you think you're still the same person today as you were when you were 17? No, I'm
0: not saying that she's the same person. I'm just saying that at 17, you being 17 and you trying to run away to age 10 is two completely different mind frames. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that the mental health issue is not important, but I'm saying at 17, like, you have some sort of semblance of, like... Right and wrong. What's good? What's bad? Like yeah, yes, you're I a mean, child by definition, but like you are, you, you. People are going to uni at fucking seventeen or eighteen or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're grown enough that you're aware of right and wrong. Like it's not like oh this defenseless seventeen year old who who told this guy. I to don't know. I just think
1: it's it's tough to watch because I just see her as being like. I don't, obviously she's not a victim, but I see her as being someone who isn't well and didn't get the help she needed. And then this terrible thing happened to both of them. Like, I I think, like, obviously Conrad is the one that unfortunately lost his life and passed away and stuff like that. But then she will always have to live with the fact that she's the one that pushed him to do that, unless she's like a psychopath and doesn't even care. Um, exactly,
0: which is possibility.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that, but... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the babe, but I'm just speaking on just watching it. If all the stuff they say about like her mental health and if her coming across as needy as she does, then there's something deep rooted there.
0: One thing I will agree with is that I do feel like the documentary was 100% skewed, which I get. Like maybe then if Michelle's family don't like it, they should make their own documentary. But there was no, like there was no one really on Michelle's side except for... This stupid quack doctor, and also like the, her lawyer. There's
1: one talking head that was. Uh... Yeah, there's one
0: who's trying to be a bit impartial, but um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. But then again, as a documentary, who is about the victim, they're not going to come in and now say, oh, actually, maybe she
1: was. That's not. That's not
0: the and aim I of think the that's documentary.
1: W- yeah, and I think that's what I was looking for in this documentary because the documentary is called like Michelle Carter, um, like oh, sorry, Michelle Carter Love Text and Death, mm-hmm. like. So I was watching it just try thinking I was going to learn about the story of the case. Yeah, I get what you mean,
0: because it's not even his name is not even in the in the title. Yeah, I just think Exactly. That, you think that's it'd be coming from saying. Michelle's point of view, and then you'd get a, a um an unbiased view. It's kind of like Kay Dude, well, That's side, what I was side. expecting. I, I was just expecting it. I just yeah, think that now. his name is view. not even in the thing. Exactly. And it's not even like so there's no name
1: in it. Her name is in it. Name is in it. So that's why when they spent the first like 20 minutes talking about his life i was yeah. like bro like are we talking
0: about the it case seems or- like a um you know the whole like clapping for the nhs at eight o'clock like it just seems very much like okay we should do this because he's a victim let's just chuck this in there so no one can chat shit. yeah you. and then
1: and also like i feel like with michelle's issues it would have been good for them to if it was unbiased they also would have explored her like and also the time like- that
0: she spent when she went away well not away exactly she went to, um the facility the facility yeah
1: yeah, so this is what I mean. It was, and It's a different thing if these were two adults or an adult and a child, then fine, like, fuck that adult. Like, you uh, you did this shit guilty as fuck. Mm. But this, th- these are two kids. Two troubled teens. Let's be, yeah, two troubled kids. Like, let's be unbiased about it. So, yeah, that was my take on the documentary. I know some of you are going to hate me because, yeah, but... That's just how I felt. And this is not to say I condone what she did or I think what she did was right. I just think they were two kids who should not, two unwell kids who should not have been interacting at all. Yeah, um, well, I think that she causes death.
0: Um, so now it's time for...
1: The real crime, I think, was the beard.
0: Our segment where we focus on something during the documentary that may not be criminal, but we definitely consider to be a crime. Have you got one? I've got one. Don't you worry. So the day that um, comrades um, passed away, in that morning they went to the beach uh, on a walk, and I just want to say this beach was criminal. It was beach by definition, (laughs) but it wasn't really a beach. All I saw was some stones and some rocks and some shit water, and it just was not. It was giving UK beach vibes, (laughs) and I said, "This surely, surely this is not the beach." But it was surely, surely surely not.
1: I think if I had to pick one be the accent, like, what is that accent? I like... I'll have to Google it and see if they're close to Canada.
0: The Canada? They do speak weird. No, it's not there. Where is it? What accent is it that's really weird in America? Baltimore. Baltimore is the one. Yeah,
1: Baltimore has, like, a weird... It's almost, like, an Irish...
0: Irish, That weird... Yeah. There was someone on Love and Hip Hop from... Baltimore. What was her name? It's Snoop. And she's like, Snoop. That's how she would say it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, they do have a weird accent in Baltimore. Yeah, they do. But, guys, um... I guess yeah, it's a decent documentary to watch. It's an interesting case. I would say watch it, but read up more on the case because again, it wasn't massively impartial. And like, I feel like the life stories and how things happened took a lot up a lot more than of the documentary than the case. And this case itself is very interesting because mm-hmm. it's groundbreaking. It sets a lot of precedent and yeah, everything. So the case itself is a good case to like read up on. It seems like the kind of case on. that
0: they would do on um, how to get away with murder.
1: In one of their lessons. Yeah. Yeah. But um this yeah, that was the documentary, guys. Yeah. those are your thoughts. It'd be really good to know other people's thoughts actually about if um Yeah, what you think about Michelle. I mean, how you would have yeah, what we, you would have uh, done in yeah, terms of sentencing you, and stuff. Yeah, how you feel about that and the case. Obviously I think we can all agree like she led to his death. There's no um there's no denying that. But it'll be good to know what your feelings are about it. Like is she just an evil bitch or do you feel like she's like unwell and should mm-hmm. be shown?
0: Or both. Crazy, um yeah. so what are we doing next? Next I'm so excited for this one. We're doing the Hillsong documentary. Uh it comes out on the twenty fourth of March, I think. Um and I think that's also on um
1: where is it? Is it on Discovery? I think it's on Discovery. I'm I think it is, yeah. Sure.
0: So there's three episodes of it. That all comes out on the same day. We're going to cover it over two episodes here. Um, One will be that week, and then one will be the week after. So there'll be two Hillsong episodes. Um, For anyone unfamiliar, Hillsong is a church, like one of those mega churches, and they are doing a documentary basically about, about it, and I'm very excited to watch it and also to speak about it. Um... So yeah, that's that on that. Um in the meantime, between time you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, on at Two Girls One Doc. And you can also email us twogirls1doc at gmail dot com. You can send us your reviews, um, and we can make an episode of credits on it when um when we have enough or when we can be bothered. Um but yeah, that's that's everything that you are zoning out. Yeah, hey, welcome.
1: Yeah. You know that thing where your eyes just focus on something. You yeah, can't move? yeah,
0: yeah. Same. I yeah, get that all the I time. just had one of those. And I can hear everything and I'm like aware, but I'm just like I'm not able yeah, to yet move my I, I can't yeah, I can't yeah, move them. But you. yeah. Sorry, Guys, I interrupted that. Thank
1: you for <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for listening and yeah, we'll be back next week. Alright, bye. Bye. Have you ever heard of Hillsong Church? Hillsong is the celebrity church, right? Bieber, Bono, Vanessa Hutchins, Kevin Durant.
0: It wasn't just this Australian startup anymore. It was Justin Bieber's church.
1: (laughs) They've had over 3 billion views on YouTube. Hillsong changed the way
0: that many of us saw how church could be done. They're huge now. They're huge. You can make a real change if you come to Hillsong. This was going to be a place where I could call my home. But that clearly wasn't the case. And <laughs> it almost took my life.
1: You can run on for a long time. Run
0: on for a long time. When we talk about Carl and purity, how could you shame me when I was so young, but you did this? It was the most toxic thing I ever had to deal with. Uh, hey, girl. Hi. Sooner or later, God will cut you down. The beliefs that they put
1: in you go deep. They really get in your head.
0: This is cool, church.
1: There is a fine line
0: between cult and culture. They want to spread their tentacles as far as they can.
1: They really do believe that they need to conquer Earth in order to make heaven on Earth,
0: to essentially bring on the end times.
1: This is not a moral failure. It's a felonious criminal act. 78 million dollars in revenue
0: tax-free manipulation religious trauma systemic cover-up
1: tremendous power
0: everything in your life is Hillsong
1: this is not what I thought it was God will
0: cut you down